questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. COVID-19 or COVID-911? So what difference is there between the 9-11 false flag exercise and the current COVID-19 false flag? The differences are only at the margin, as everything that is initiated and implemented by the state is meant to force compliance by the herd, to gain their conformity due to fear, and to prosecute a war against all of us at each and every level required in order to gain more power for the state and total control over the masses. This is the real agenda and has always been the main agenda. Power and control are the underlying aspects and core convictions of all government action. The government, even though the more powerful ruling class of banking, corporate, and wealthy claimed elites control it, is the enforcement arm of the real power. Government, therefore, is the closest to the people, and by tearing down government power, the top tier of the ruling class become exposed and vulnerable, and more unprotected, So mass resistance against government can lead to tearing down the system of power and control and help to lead us back to more freedom and less oppression. Most think that the result of false flag events is to create war for money, power, geopolitical control, and for conquest. And that is not far wrong. But war is also desired in order to gain more control over the citizenry because the powerful have to gain control at home in order to gain control globally. This new false flag called COVID-19 was long ago designed in order to affect global dominance by the few over the rest of us. Will this be a successful coup? Will the people of this country acquiesce to the will of tyrants? Will the people allow for the continued murder of their families and neighbors by the state? Will the people continue to hide from themselves and the truth? Will the people never fight back Will the people allow themselves to become the serfs in a society ruled by kings? That is what is coming. And there's only one thing standing in the way of the oppressors. And that is mass resistance by the majority. Without the courage to fight against the ruling class, we will soon be left with nothing and will have allowed our own servitude. COVID-19 and 9-11, 19 years later. The plan is still in motion. After four years, Tonight's special guest is back to connect more dots. What if that psychological operation of 9-11 was just a precursor to what we're seeing today? Why don't we want universal vaccination? Because we need diversity. Diversity of thought and opinion for the survival of the species. What if it causes infertility? Stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview, and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button, at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting, Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store, for focused life force energy, MMS, CBD pure hemp oil, Divinia water, pure organic sulfur flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. According to Dr. Judy Wood, the truth about 9-11 is still known and is still knowable for those who seek it. Dr. Judy Wood is a former professor of mechanical engineering. She has research expertise in experimental stress analysis, structural mechanics, deformation analysis, materials characterization, and materials engineering science. In the time since 9-11-01, she has applied her expertise to a forensic study of over 40,000 images hundreds of video clips, and a large volume of witness testimony pertaining to the destruction of the World Trade Center complex. Her websites are drjudywood.com and wheredidthetowersgo.com. And that is a seminal book, Where Did the Towers Go? And you can obtain it today. There's a link on our website. 
Welcome back, Judy. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you back after four years. How are you? Great. Thanks so much. And it's now 19 years. And as I mentioned to you offline, to a lot of people, talking about 9-11 is almost as saying, yes, I know JFK got killed, and it probably was not, uh, it was not uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. What has changed, if any, with the thesis about 9-11? Let's begin with that. I don't know what about the thesis. I look at evidence, and that's the most important thing of all is, is observation, and that's what my training was in observation of materials and how they react to things. But observation is, is how we learn what's really, really going on. And instead, people have been conditioned to memorize or uh, do a Google search or something like that on their, their handheld gizmo instead of just observing and thinking with what they know that they know that they know. And that's probably the most important thing I'll ever say is know what it is that you know that you know that you know. And then know that everything else you don't know. Don't uh, make assumptions and replace the unknown with assumptions because you're fixing to mess up and you don't know what you have. So it's important to know what you know. And if you keep your pool of information uh, to that, then it's easy to, uh, to see what's going on. And that's basically what the thing is with 9-11. So many people that made assumptions about bombs in the building. Well, uh, if you look at the evidence, the evidence contradicts that. But instead, people make that assumption, they run with it, and so they never look back and see the evidence. And it, it causes uh, cover-ups to run quite nicely. And think of that as being the same for everything else. <clears throat> now, if 9-11, Mel, I'm ask you this, if 9-11 hadn't happened, do you think people would have um, folded their cards so quickly in February and March? About this uh, lockdown business? Would it be okay to say that that was a precursor? 9-11 was a precursor and people have been accustomed, acclimated to what is happening now? Yep, it was a conditioner. It conditioned people to throw up their hands and, and rely on somebody else to keep them safe. Instead of looking at you know what is and, and their own observations. And my observations immediately said something is bad off or wrong. This doesn't make sense. Like... Uh, yeah, you know, the logic it wasn't there. My biggest thing is I like to shop at, at midnight in the local Walmart because then I don't need to worry about uh, other shoppers running the, over with a grocery cart while you're looking at, you know, is this price better than that price? What's in this product? What's in that product? And here comes a grocery cart, so I have to jump back and make sure I don't get run over. And then, <laughs> now, where was I? And, and that, that drives me nuts. So I go at midnight, and there's hardly anybody in the store, and I like that. But what do they do with this uh, lockdown business? Uh, instead of... 24 hours a day, it was 12 hours a day. Not only that, they closed all the, the small mom and pop shops. So you had more people stuffed into a smaller amount of time, time frame. And um, with the small mom and pop shops, you can go in there and you get exposed to far less people. So it logically did not make sense. Take us back. So that, <clears throat> I'm sorry, finish your statement. No, no, that, that's it. And add to that, I heard about the uh, New York City subways. They were going around with less subway cars. So people had to be in more crowded space. So it doesn't pass the sniff test. So that isn't what they're doing. They're doing something else. Back in 2001, when you were teaching at Clemson, that morning of 9-11-01, you were in the lunchroom, I believe. You saw the images on TV, and you were looking at the people around you, and you had a, a sense that, honestly, I don't know anybody else that has it. You see things differently. You see things as they are without all the embellishment that society and that the educational system has given you. You saw something, something different. Do you, did you experience the same thing with this COVID-19? Yeah. yeah. In the, in the faculty uh, lounge where they had the TV playing, and here's this building frothing up into dust, and they're calling it a collapse, and I'm stop, and I think to myself, now, what does a collapse look like? Hmm, you know, this part falls and gets that part to fall, and then this falls, and, you know, you get chunks falling, and then, you know, you have a pile of, of stuff, rubble left over. No, we saw this thing foaming up into dust. That's, it, the collapse doesn't look like that, and then look around the room, Hey, you know, don't you have to see this? There's something weird going on here. And they looked at me like, you know, what a weirdo. You know, they're already hooked in. And the same thing with, with this uh, 
events in the news, I like to call it, that um, recent events in the news where oh, it talks about logic things to, to uh, neighbors and so forth, and they looked at me like, you're a wacko. Of course, we need to be safe. They're just hooked in immediately. So when, and, when, and then, it, uh, when it happened, when you heard that this boogeyman is now coming from China and, you know, Europe and the rest of the world, did you start questioning the narrative immediately just like you did on 9-11? Uh, what was uh, really dramatic, and I hate to, you know, mention politics, but the timing was a little bit weird how this uh, impeachment game going on all fall was just dragged out more and more. And then they even came to conclusion, and then it was another – month or so before Pelosi was going to hand their results over to the Senate. The Senate couldn't get going with their thing until the handoff happened. The handoff happened uh, the same day that we heard about this this uh, virus thing. This was in January. Isn't that weird? That was very strange. It's like almost this- they passed the baton immediately after they couldn't take this other event to the next level. And then nobody, you know, nobody questions. They move on to the next thing. So nobody looks back to start asking questions about it. So tell me uh, what you thought. Tell me what you thought when you start seeing what you saw in China first and what was coming to the United States and Europe and the rest of the world. Well, I don't watch TV and I don't go hunting for sensational stuff. I've got, you know, there's enough soap operas in my life. But, uh, you know, what can I do about it? There's, if there's a virus happening, there's a virus happening. You know, just like the flu bug, I don't get flu shots. You know, it, it, what happens, happens. Either uh, your, your body can fight it or it can't. And flu, viruses then move on. They, they get as much whatever and then they, they um, morph. Um, and uh, then they're, they, they usually become less useful and, you know, die out. And this has happened over history. And so... Um, Okay, and you hear about this business, and there, there's something about a uh, old folks home in in Washington State, and you know after that, and then they had other ones. It happened too. Several weeks later, you're wondering, well, if this happens to one, don't the other ones, uh, you know, get the smarts to uh, you know do a lockdown <laughs> to not not bring in whatever? And then you hear about um, New York City shipping people from the hospital who are still sick into old folks' homes. Like, okay, is this an excuse for killing people off? That was my thought with that. Because there's no accountability. Oh, the virus did it. And that, that, that or was they so just obvious. people. I don't mean to yeah, interrupt I, you, but that was so obvious because, yeah. you know, when you have a city or a state that's bankrupt and they have to, you know, they have... A, and by the way, folks, sometimes some of you write to me saying that I think that this does not exist and that it doesn't kill, kill people. I have never, ever said that. But to the magnitude that we're locking down the world, that's a different story. But when it comes to sending the sick to the retirement homes, if you are somebody who knows that your state is bankrupt, you send them there. It's like they're that's trying a- to, yeah, it's like they're trying, and there's uh, what Central Park, they made this big to do about all these tents, right. a tent hospital, and a boat. And they, it, you know, they didn't use them. obviously, you're right. And why didn't they? And it, it's like, okay, this is really reeks of you know some kind of a game going on but the biggest thing immediately that hit me is um i didn't see it on the tv set i I saw the effects of it on my neighbors but what i saw on the internet is all these graphics body counts daily body counts and case counts and body counts big deal that and and like well why aren't they doing that with traffic wrecks car wrecks where people die there's a whole lot more of those and at least you get people to stop and think about things before they get out on the road. It, it, there's, it, it really was hamming up this graphics thing and big, big red, you know, like they show this, the um, uh, graphic of the of the world and all the continents and countries. And then you see the bright red here and, you know, ooh, bad. It gets darker, darker red. And then you wonder if, okay, I remember Iran didn't have much. Was it? And I, I forget what, what one right next to it had lots, and the other one had none. And and it was Afghanistan, like near China. If, if China has so bad, awful, why isn't it? Does it know to stop at the country border? There's just it was just nothing made sense. But I remember at that time, this was um, mid February. Uh, I, I found it kind of humorous that um, the Vatican was criticizing Trump for wanting to close the borders. 
uh, before and about building a wall, uh, but they, they have a wall around Look at the, their wall. Look at yeah. their wall. <laughs> and, and then nobody there died of, of this. And only uh, six people for a while, it was six. I think it got up to 12, but they've all recovered. They're all listed as having recovered. So obviously walls are a good thing. <laughs> If you're talking about mixing stuff around, sure, old people uh, don't handle the flu very, very uh, well compared to young people. But this, the exaggeration of panic was just way off, you know, off the charts. But what I was saying about the retirement homes, if each person costs about eleven thousand dollars to the state a month, that's about one hundred and twenty thousand close to it uh, a year. If the state is bankrupt, what a great way! And I'm not advocating for this at all. But what a great way to just uh, uh, yeah. alleviate your treasury and then at the same time bringing in billions of dollars of emergency funding. And then you heard about the story where they give you X amount if you test, X amount if you go to the hospital, and X amount if you get into a ventilator, which is going to kill you. 87% chance of that. Right, right. They have uh, the, the body count number was encouraged. And then I think it was late March or March 25th, sometime in there, where they changed the definition of, of the deaths because they didn't have enough body count. That was another big red flag that um, uh, it, it, you, they didn't need to test somebody. They just say looking at them that they think they, they might have had the virus, and that's why they died. Suspected of having the virus. Right, suspected. That's all that was needed. So they could have the body count. And it's like they're desperate for the body count, man. But the body count still wasn't coming up fast enough, and it's hard to come up with with more body count numbers when you have nobody dying. So they, you know, had to use other deaths and and convert them over. Dying <laughs> like, with you know, COVID as opposed to of COVID. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know somebody uh, has a broken fingernail and they died. Oh, they died of a broken fingernail. You know, it's. it's <laughs> Uh, I'm sure everyone's heard of the uh, case of the, the motorcycle wreck guy in Florida that they had it down that he died of, of COVID when he, you know, he had a motorcycle wreck. Well, same thing in, I think it was in New Jersey. A, uh, a person was driving for, for a few hours with a mask on, apparently had uh, oxygen deprivation, crashed into a tree. And I'm not sure if he died or not, but they said this is caused due to COVID. Right. Or, or the, uh, it's not, they should change the definition, not, because of COVID, because of the uh, things that are excused away as COVID, uh, of the change of uh, orders, the rulings. Do you see any similarities between this PSYOP, because I think this is what it is, and 9-11? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like um, now people don't think, uh, you know, worry about going on airplanes. I know uh, people who think that they're safer because they get frisked before they get on an airplane. And, and the frisking job wouldn't uh, wouldn't stop anything. You know, it, it's it. You know, why is that such so focused on? It's just getting people used to uh, strip searches and whatnot. Do you think if TSA was all of a sudden eliminated right now, let's just remove TSA from all airports, unless there's the you know the elite that sends a fake bomber to to a to an airport? Do you think that? Terrorism would rise if they removed TSA. Um, terrorism wouldn't rise, but you you'd have uh, folks like you remember that uh, Dylan Roof character. I shouldn't say the name. The, the the guy at the in South Carolina who went in and shot up a church. Oh yes, yes, of course. The, he wanted to hit the news because you get you get uh, advertised in the news if you do these shootings. And so you might have those kind of characters, you know, doing trying to yeah. do something. But I think um, folks would would. Uh, you know, go after them. I, I think um, uh, people, you know, people with the the government regulations, they quit thinking for themselves. Like before when we were off air, I was talking about smoke alarms and so forth, that it causes people to, to shut off their senses. And and so these rules and stuff, well, the government will find it if that person has, is a problem. I, I'm going to mind my own business. Instead of something funny here, this, this person's coming unglued. We've got to tend to him. Yeah, you know, that that has been deadened. <clears throat> but um, it is it, if somebody wanted to do something bad, it's easy to do something bad, and that tells me that the majority of, the, of humanity is good. With the advent of social media, don't you think that this has exacerbated a lot of the you know shootings oh, and so on? It's showing off exactly the the you know five minutes or fifty minutes of fame. Don't you think there should be a law that says media? 
you are not to report or put a picture of the person who did it because this is going to create somebody mm-hmm. else who's going to do it the next day. It's always the, the copycat that comes along a day or two or a week later. Who wants to, to be important? For some reason, uh, somebody wants to be famous. I don't know why that's supposed to be uh, something to strive for, but it, it becomes easy to do it that way. And they, it, the media helps it on. So what would you do to prevent that then? Get rid of the uh, social media. Get people interacting with them with people rather than uh, electronics. Well, that's pie in the sky right now. There's so right. many people. It's crack to many of the population. They cannot survive without, especially the young ones. And it makes it so easy to uh, for mind control. It's easy to manipulate people with media, you know, as we've seen with TVs, TV news. That, what, what about uh, it the shuts off brains? What about the attention span? I mean, when you and I were growing up, I remember my parents watching the six o'clock news, and it was boring. But you know, that's the way it was. Walter Cronkite and so on. Now it's just ten seconds here, thirty seconds there. And I believe that we were talking about this before we started. Uh, Aldous Huxley or Orwell, who said it's not about burning the books; it's about making people not even wanting to read books. And this is where we are now, I believe. Right. It's uh, like the um, that Loose Change movie. Right. I, I couldn't stand watching it. It's like, uh, you know, oh, tw- 10 second, 20 second sound bites, boop, 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 or, you know, images. And there's no continuity. And so pretty soon the person watching it, uh, you know, typically concludes whatever because of, of the little sound bites here and there that lead them to something. Oh, yeah, that, that, uh, if people don't think something through and come to a conclusion, they just put the sound bites together, uh, and and as though that that's you know as though they've made that that decision. That's the truth, and that's how the loose change movie worked. It was just on little tiny video clips and sound bites to lead people to make a conclusion of bombs in the building or whatever the thermite or whatever the story was, but it wasn't evidence that leads you to that. So people don't know the difference. Do you think those movies that came out immediately after 9-11, they were controlled opposition? They were probably financed by those people who were, you know, behind the scenes on this? Yep. If you give somebody uh, an answer, they quit looking for an answer. They quit looking at the evidence. And it makes them assume something. I've got an interesting example of um, uh, this kind of recent. It was from the 31st of March an opinion piece written by Bill Gates. Now see if you can spot the manipulation of opinion, of public opinion. And this is a paragraph from the, his article. It says, first, we need a consistent nationwide approach to shutting down. Despite urging from public health experts, some states and counties haven't shut down completely. In some states, beaches are still open and others, restaurants still serve sit-down meals. So what does that cause you to do? You're, you're thinking about, oh, we got to make them shut down. we got to make them shut down. You don't stop and think, should we be shutting down? It makes that, that people assume that shutting down is the right answer if you're busy work, worrying about how to police it. And that's how uh, people get controlled. And then they assume uh, that it's the right decision. They don't stop and look back. And that's one thing that really got me about this thing uh, like in February was – just all this immediate jump to the answer and jump to conclusion and then tell the public that that's what the answer is because you're the expert rather than what's the evidence. Um, something that got to me about uh, Fauci, he's uh, got out of medical school and went straight to work for NIH. That was 52 years ago. The last, I think, 36 or 38 years, he's he's been the head of the um, infectious disease division. Right. That's what he studied his whole life. Remember AIDS? Right. But so wouldn't wouldn't he be like geared up it, with that kind of background? Wouldn't you think, okay, he knows if a pandemic or when a pandemic hits, this is what you do. You you first uh, isolate a, a, you know, a community and then do testing to see what the proportion of this and that is and then monitor this and then do samples over here, over there uh, or something like that. Instead, it was let's let's have a model or let's – Look at somebody else's model. Oh, and the model looks bad. Oh, yeah, it must be bad then. An infectious disease expert should know better. He failed. 
He had 40 then, years to prepare, right? Uh, 52 years or more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, any, you know, um, something that always hit me, like in looking at 9-11, which you know what you're working with, uh, does a, uh, you know, a PhD educated nuclear physicist make such stupid decisions? <laughs> if you ask yourself that question naturally, then you know what you're dealing with. And the analogous thing is with Fauci. You know, can he be that stupid? No. So that tells me it's by design. You know, if he, if he can't be that stupid. <clears throat> but there's things like that that popped out that were just so blatant. What about in 2017, January or February 2017, when he said Trump will have his surprise pandemic? And then a couple of days ago, somebody sent me the uh, information from the testing kits being sold by the millions, covid Testing, test, since uh, 2018. Now, is this not forewarning that they knew that this was going to happen? Yeah, I, I don't get into that so much because that's, that's just based on uh, hearsay and, and, and stuff. It's, I, I look more at like what, what, what really is actually going on because they really they, they should be ready for a yeah, they should be ready for a pandemic anyway. But what about Fauci the, who said that in 2017? Yeah. The, the point is that, that if he's if he thinks there's going to be a pandemic, why wasn't he ready for it? That's that's the exactly. point that I'm getting at. Is is if he thinks there's a pandemic, he should be ready for it. And if that's what his area of expertise is for his whole lifelong study, <laughs> you know what what's the issue? Um, there's a lot of things like that that just you know jumped out as as so obvious that it's uh, you know very calculated. Why Especially do you the think timing. Trump? kept him for so long is it because he in, inherited him and by firing him he would have been yeah you got the answer it's uh he was caught between a rock and hard spot that if he gets rid of him he looks like he uh is irresponsible right. and and then if he doesn't get rid of him he's you know it, more people are satisfied that he's handling things but it, it, it's, it's he it was a no win it was a no win situation uh, it's not a whole lot he could do because if he went against Fauci, he was going to get hung right. in the media. And so uh, it's like Fauci, yes, you know, govern, uh, governing by uh, uh, expertise or something, or so-called expertise. But uh, that, that statement about that by Bill Gates in the Washington Post really got me, jumped out at me that, you know, it's how they, um, how they do it is get you to make the assumptions. So that's why it's important to have the discipline to know what you know that you know so that you don't fall for assumptions. And it's, it's very hard um, to, you know, what do I know? Well, I know that there, there are pandemics over time, but they never shut down a country. And do I know anybody who's sick? <laughs> you know, it is a lot of strange things. Well, how is this different from a flu bug? Let's go step by step because you said a few things there that, that deserve to be dissected. Number one, NIH, the National Institute of, uh, of Health, $38.7 billion a year. That's their budget. If he's been around and chief of the NIH for how many years? 40? Well, not, not, not of NIH, infectious disease. Infectious disease. For 36 years. But NIH, uh, 38.7 billion. He's been at NIH for 52 years. Right. But $38.7 billion a year, and they were not prepared for this. And by the way, didn't we have the Hong Kong flu in the 60s? And we had a few more others that infected oh, more people? I, I understand uh, 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 Obama quit testing for something because uh, it didn't look like it went away. If you quit testing for it, then, then it's uh, nobody sees it. Swine flu, you mean? Yeah. So, But and, we, we, uh, we had a lot of these. The, yeah. There's been uh, pandemics, but it's not a lot you can do. It's it's a virus is is out there. It's out there. If you're a, a vulnerable person, just like with winter flu, you don't go out in, into crowds. You 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 know keep low low profile until it blows over. Um, but here they're locking up uh, the healthy people. <laughs> yeah, isn't quarantine supposed to be for the unhealthy, unhealthy and the and those who are vulnerable? Yeah, it's it's weird. It, it's just to to shut down the economy is just so ridiculous. Because let's say you shut it down, okay, for how long? Because virus is still out there. So as you turn people loose, they're going to get sick. So what do you do? Keep them locked up forever? 
you know, and, and uh, the, the fact that that wasn't thought through uh, doesn't seem uh, possible for, for somebody who's an expert in uh, public health. Well, look at the flu has been around well, forever, right? But I, I guess it was discovered in the 1930s. 1945 was given to the military, 46 to the population. So it's been, what, close to 80 years since we've had the flu vaccine? And every year they pull, they, 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 they push the shot and people get sick. So obviously it's not effective. So, right. So, yes, you get sick and that's fine if you have an immune system that works. Exactly. And, and that was uh, one of my biggest beefs is about uh, closing down schools. And, and um, I did another interview in, in April where I talked about the term snot-nosed kids, where that comes from. <laughs> you know, kids in elementary school, they're always sick with snotty nose. Because they're getting exposed to to everything and getting a, you know an immunity to everything that'll last them a lifetime. Isn't they're that building what builds, their immune system? Exactly. Isn't that what builds the immunity? Playing on the yeah. soil, playing on the ground, dirtying yourself. Yeah, you don't uh, uh, bubble wrap them and keep them in a in, in a you know isolated box. That doesn't help them because as soon as you turn them loose, they're going to get sick. So um, like when I was teaching. Uh, Right after Thanksgiving, I always got sick because the the, kid, the college kids would go home uh, for the Thanksgiving week and they'd run into their younger brothers and sisters who were passing who knows what around their elementary school and they'd bring it back and then we'd get sick. It's just how it worked. You know, and if you, um, you know, do various things to keep yourself healthy, you, you can minimize it. But it's just the way life is. And we have immune systems for a reason. But they're treating... All children now. Remember that movie from 1976 with John Travolta, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble? Uh, I remember the reality of it, that it was true. I didn't see the movie of it, but it, the kid, I think, eventually decided he wanted to go out and live uh, for two weeks and it, right. if he was going to die, just so he could live out, out of his bubble for some time because it wasn't worth living until he stayed in the bubble. But don't you think that 100% sterility is more counterproductive and that's going to probably shorten people's lifespan? Oh yeah, yeah. Especially uh, you know, kids can handle various uh, uh, viruses when they're little, but when they they get big, you know, grown up or fifty years old, it's going to be a lot harder on them. So it's better to get it out of the system. That's why I, I really don't like these vaccines for a lot of reasons that they give kids now. What's wrong with chicken pox? What's wrong with measles? What's wrong with mumps? It's like one kid in the household gets it, the rest of them get it, and they're all done with it, and they move on. It shows they have a working immune system. And you're out of school, what, one, two days? Well, maybe uh, three days or so with chicken pox but, but, uh, or something. But, but regular um, uh, flu virus, it's just one day you're usually out of school. And you get to have ginger ale and, you know, whatever else at home. And... Uh, you know, it's it's just a normal part of life, but now they act like there's something wrong with it. Aside from laboratories, what would you say is the other most sterile environment in the world? Would you say that hospitals should be sterile environments, right? They are. They, are, they have lots of... Well, exactly. So why is it that they probably have the highest incidence of sepsis? I mean, I was telling you of line, our daughter's pediatrician... 60 years old, went to the hospital for something, died of sepsis. My uncle, a few years ago, went to the hospital for something, died of sepsis, unrelated. And I hear so many of those stories all the time. So the most sterile environment causes this. Isn't this a correlation of what we're trying to accomplish here by keeping our children and our humanity well, you know, all cooped this, up? All this uh, hand, it's, it's really yeah, gels, it's like this ritual. It, it, it certainly isn't making sense. Uh, but it makes people think that they're fine. like like the um, the deal of mask wearing. That, that kind of cracks me up. Um, what wearing masks is it's, it's sort of a, it's like what the 9/11 um, uh, movies are. They play each year, you know, showing um, the, the a repeat of of the buildings going poof. Right. That it's it's just uh, you know a psyop maintenance wearing the mask. So you think this is a ritual? Basically, put your mask on, gel on your well, hands, wash your hands. To, that's to assure other people that there's, there's something going on. It's to maintain the psyops. The, the mask doesn't do anything, but it, it's it's um, a way of showing, you know, see, there's something going on. It's to remind people, so they don't start thinking outside the box. They got to stay in the in the routine. 
So this is why we're keeping the masks on, because right now as hospitalizations are dropping to almost nothing. So if you keep the mask on, it tells the people still, still be in fear, still because the boogeyman may yep. be creeping up again. Be afraid, be very afraid. It's PSYOP maintenance. They say just like with 9-11, you'll see, start seeing all the uh, reruns of the towers going poof. You know, after 19 years, you still, they'll still rerun them because that gives a booster shot to the PSYOPs. It's for PSYOPs maintenance. So that you don't start thinking like, hmm. There's another thing I noticed about 9-11. They ran these uh, videos around the clock for two weeks and then, boom, stopped them. Because if they kept running and people would start saying, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. No, instead they take them away abruptly so that the memory is left in place and doesn't get questioned. One thing I remember from 9-11 was that, you know, the biggest budget, the biggest contributor to the media, advertisers, right? But for how many days or weeks did we not see a single commercial Obviously, oh, somebody yeah. was blo- somebody was in- inserting, injecting some funds into the media in order for that, that to continue. That was right. That was one of my my clues, and I mentioned it in my book about uh, you know the nonstop show is what convinces the audience this is real. So it's like what they did. That's what worked with the um, uh, War of the Worlds. It was it was a sustaining program without any interruptions from advertising. So oh, it must be real. It must be getting invaded by. Martians or whatever. <laughs> there's there's various um, yeah triggers like that that subconsciously convince people to buy into the psyops. So if just observing things and always asking questions is a good thing. Like like this this mask wearing business is just so insane. I hate it's, to bring uh, the, the subject of censorship because a lot of people are saying, "Well, enough with the censorship." I get it; it's happening. But four years ago. There was censorship, but not as much as, as it is now. What do you think of the censorship that everyone, especially those people with YouTube channels, social media, are experiencing, the shadow banning oh, and so on? They got used – they started really ramping it up a year ago, and they took out Alex Jones. You know, wh- why do you have to remove Alex Jones? Can't people think for themselves of whether they think he's a lunatic or not? Uh, you know, it, deciding for someone is, is part of this, uh, you know, psyop maintenance. But why always Alex Jones first? Is it because most people look at him as the, okay, he's the face of conspiracy theory. So then Let's, it's okay. Exactly. And if somebody else gets banned, they must be be uh, uh, bad too. So if they, they do it to Alex Jones and you know that he's kind of wacko, then if somebody else gets banned, they must be wacko too. So you think he's there for a reason? Or no, that he, uh, he's got uh, banned for a reason as to be sort of a, a representation of if somebody else gets banned, they must be as weird as he is. I think he has the perception of being kind of weird. Well, if, it's, and, if and it starts there. with them, if it starts with them, then the rest goes with the rest. But a lot of people ask me all the time, and I'm neutral, but I'll ask you, do you think that Alex Jones is controlled opposition? Could easily be. And what do you think about Bill Cooper before he was the predecessor to Alex Jones? And he filled the void, in my opinion. Alex Jones did. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. Didn't follow his stuff so much. I understand that he was. He was on top of things, but Alex Jones just exploited that that avenue and and could easily um, uh, take on his the respect that Cooper had, and so people got locked into Alex or sucked into Alex Jones as just a replacement without stopping and looking. For me, uh, when when Alex Jones had Stephen Jones on his show, and they were laughing at me, calling Mar- calling me Marvin the Martian, when I just show evidence, that did it for me. You know, I don't want to be on that guy's show. I mean, I don't want to be associated with with somebody like that. That it's it's not about evidence. It's about making fun of somebody, and about bandwagon. You know, uh, mob mentality. Well, I heard that Bill Clinton said in the late '90s that. William Cooper was the most dangerous person in radio. And if people respect them and widespread uh, respect, then, you know, there's some other PSYOPs maintenance like that. There's a recent BBC show that uh, a friend of mine shared with me about um, uh, talking about what conspiracy theorists believe about the the virus And, and then hooking that in with other particular groups. It just to like smear everybody together. It was like maintenance of the, of 
you know, keeping um, the BBC watchers from looking. Oh, don't look over there. We'll call you a wacko too. It's so easy for people to get controlled by by this mob mentality. It's amazing. Speaking of the BBC, I don't think I've ever discussed Building 7 with you. And when they announced Building 7 has fallen and it was still there, we, we never discussed that. What was your take oh, on I, that? I have, a, I have a clip that uh, uh, One Liberty Plaza has collapsed. It, it's, it's confirmed. It's collapsed. That was on, uh, what, CNN? And CNN actually was the first one. The BBC just copied CNN. And that's the way things were going that day. Nobody knew what was going on, so they just grabbed things and run with it. They hear a rumor and they run with it. <clears throat> and but, it was easy for people to not know what's going on. They, they couldn't see. So but it, Building 7 was behind the reporter. Right. right. But it's something they heard from CNN or wherever. CNN had already reported that. But why would they report so, it if it hadn't fallen? Because somebody thought they said something, and maybe it was rumor that went someplace else. Like there was also um, uh, a story that went out about the um, uh, White House having been been blown up, and that actually went out. There's there's lots of things like that that people just didn't, you know, they didn't know what was going on. People just throwing lots of stuff out there. They, nobody was betting stuff first. I never discussed with you the Pentagon. I never discussed with you Shanksville. But did you actually, I know you don't talk about those two events, I believe, in your book. But what was your take on the Pentagon, the lack of, um, of airplane material being yeah, available? The reason, the reason why I didn't talk about it in my book is because I, my work was mainly towards um, uh, the towers because that had a report with it that I could, I could uh, file a claim against, you know, take it to court on. Because um, the government report that, that was being put out about it. There wasn't a similar report for the other places, <clears throat> and it was, you know, the biggest kind of thing. But uh, I was just about to tell you about people not knowing what's going on. Uh, Plant, was his name Bill Plant, um, reporter? It's one of the last uh, honest reports. I've got a recording of him uh, from that morning uh, reporting on uh, getting evacuated from the basement of the White House and and then uh, his ambulance is going all the place. He says, going to, I know not where. And it probably has something to do with the event in New York that, that involved airplanes. And then whatever it was that happened at the Pentagon. <laughs> I crack up still thinking about that. He was honest. Something about airplanes. He didn't say airplane hit the building. There's something to do with airplanes in New York. And then whatever it was that happened at the Pentagon. At first, they said it was a truck bomb. Then they said it was a helicopter crash. And, you know, the story kept changing. And and I think that was at the point it was still changing. He said whatever it was that happened at the Pentagon. And that was just right on target. He was calling from a phone booth, I think, um, from where they evacuated out of the White House and were on the street corner. But the There's Pentagon, going back to the Pentagon, okay, no report. But there were videos before the wolves collapsed. There was simply a hole. There was nothing right. else, no wings, no and engines. Windows, and the windows weren't broken, and there we had toasted cars. We had, uh, to, you know, everything looked uh, If you, Once you study um, what happened at the World Trade Center, it, you start seeing all the symptoms, same symptoms there. But the Pentagon, yeah. again. You right, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Once you study the WTC, yeah, once you study what happened at WTC, you look at what happened at the Pentagon, and you see all the same evidence. You see the toasted cars. You see the, the weird trees. You see that the windows are broken. <laughs> you know, if you had a bomb going off, the windows would be have, have cracks or in them or would be busted out. And it it, it looked like to me like the uh, the same kind of um, uh, technology was used. I was going to ask you. So you think the same hole. technology oh, yeah. that that hole was justified? It was not a missile. Correct. Correct. And and uh, but once you study like what's in my book, you look at the Pentagon and it becomes a piece of cake for seeing what happened. But that was, in my opinion, that was one of the easiest ones for the world to see right immediately after. Because you see a hole, and anybody who has two brain cells knows, I don't see a plane, I don't see the wings, I don't see the titanium right, engines going through the wall. And how can I, a plane, a 757, fly above ground just a few feet? That's impossible. Right, right. And, and uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of strange things with that. Um it, it, yeah, the building went poof, you know, just like they pooped the uh, holes in the WTC. 
Was it because the $2.3 trillion that allegedly were lost uh, was in that area? That's a story, that's a story that, that people like to get going. Cause, but one thing that, that did jump out at me, uh, you know, Stephen Jones and company were steering the, uh, the opposition, um, controlling the opposition. Um, they would not talk about no planes at the Pentagon. That was an, an, a no-go zone. And I think still um, – Richard Gage is the same way. And I kept thinking, now, why is that? Ah, then it came to mind. It became quite clear. Um, because what happened uh, to the towers, they're trying to promote bombs in the building or thermite or something like that. How can they say that happened uh, to to the Pentagon? <laughs> who, who, who would go in, be able to go into the Pentagon and put thermite there or bombs? Yeah, the most surveilled building in the world probably. Right. Right, so they, that's why they wouldn't go to the no plane issue at the Pentagon because uh, then, you know, how did the uh, hole get there? From the inside. So that's, that, that was a red flag to me, the, the fact that they would steer people away from that, where, you know, airplanes don't make little, a little hole in the building and then the wings just go away without, you know, breaking windows they smash into or hitting trees. Like, what the wings do? Fold up? Where did they go? Exactly, exactly. In the titanium engines, n- no sign at all. And what about, again, going back to the Pentagon? Obviously, th- this is premeditated. Why do you think they chose that specific area of the Pentagon? Oh, you can come up with lots of reasons, but that, that would just be speculation. But what, what is clear from the evidence is that, uh, you know, the damage was not done by a, a you know, conventional airplane or a missile. But I think it's, it's hilarious how the truthers just don't go there because they don't have an explanation for, for uh, how that hole got there. If you use a, a do technology or whatever you want to call it, uh, electromagnetic field and, you know, made a hole in the building – um, how could anyone explain that except without admitting what the technology was or had to be? There was no uh, associated earthquake much. There was a tiny bit of something, but it wasn't enough to uh, collect data on. Um, it's, it's, to me, if you read my book carefully and understand all that evidence, you go look at the images from the Pentagon and you go, oh, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, this, this, the cars that appeared to go into spontaneous combustion – but weren't burning, weren't hot, weren't burning the tre- leaves on the trees. It was, um, you know, something weird going on there. I don't think I've ever asked you this in any of our previous talks. Uh, as a professor of mechanical engineering, I'm sure you can easily determine if a plane can bounce or penetrate a barrier, depending on what the barrier is made of. Did I ever ask you? Do you but, believe that? But no, no, but no. But are you talking about like Wiley e. Coyote cartoons? <laughs> Let me or, finish. You know, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to. That was my second part of the. Well, that's that, what I, that's what's covered in my book uh, about my first observations. Is that you had this cookie cutter cutout with like a five inch, you know, deep slice through the building for wings? Can wings? They can't even carry fuel out there. They're so they're not weak, strong enough. But how could they cut a slot through through uh, steel columns? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. So I'm going to ask you. I, I haven't asked you point blank before. Do you be- believe planes were used that day? Well, I'm not into belief. I'm into evidence. Okay, good. And, and were planes uh, used you know, that first day? First of all, pe- pe- the, air- the reason why I don't talk about airplanes much is that they're a distraction. People get worked up on, uh, oh, but there had to be airplanes because people went missing and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's what I came to stating. Uh, it, the building mainly tur- mostly turned into dust. Real airplanes can- can't do that. Neither can fake airplanes. So the airplanes aren't part of the story. If well, they are in stuff. the sense they're telling us that a plane with aluminum wings just went inside like a knife through hot butter inside of a, you know, a yeah. steel building. It's it's uh it's various things you can think about like the supposedly the, the plane comes in at an angle. If that really happened, uh, like the left engine hits the building first, what's going to happen? The plane's going to rotate around real fast. And, and like if a car hits something really hard on the left corner of the bumper, it, it's going to swing around. You know, for it, it's going to uh, twist around that point. Well, if that twist went so fast so hard uh, why didn't the tail fly off the plane and i've got on my website a video of um, the md80 
taking a hard landing and the tail falling off the plane. Right. That that you know they're they're not made to uh, to be battering rams, and so it, going straight in is one thing, but this supposedly went in at an angle, and then it would it would rotate if that were the case, and if the if the plus the speed that they claim, you know, uh, doesn't doesn't make sense. But even the chief used, engineer <laughs> of the World Trade Center in the seventies said that if a plane because a plane crashed in the. Uh, Empire State Again, Building. I, I, I look at what my, my own observations are. I had a 78 Honda Accord. It was great. I had to drive it to the junkyard with 270,000 miles on it because the body rust was messing up. This front wheel drive, you start up from a stop. Uh, the front wheels start turning before the back ones do. <laughs> so so uh, I, I knew that its days were numbered. But if I was going around a switchback down a, you know, crossing a ridge, I went real slowly around that switchback. Because you, you can bet what would happen if you took those turns fast. The car would come apart. But what the engineer now, said, he said this would be the equivalent yeah. of a uh, a mosquito going through, a pencil going through a mosquito net. Right. But, but you know, just think about that you've had groceries in the car and you take a turn pretty sharp and those groceries go flying. Yes. If they're not real well connected. Well, if you have a plane that's built for, you know, if you've taken off on an airplane, it's like 165 miles an hour, plus or minus, when it takes off the runway. And it's, you can tell it's just maxed out, pedal to the metal, and it's, it's just straining, and it keeps going up and up. And pretty soon, you start to feel the, the stress relax. It isn't so stressed out when it gets higher and higher in elevation. But it near, uh, you know... It, sea level, uh, it's it's uh, a lot of stress to go 160 miles an hour or so. You, can't, you know we can't go 500 unless it's a fighter jet, but these are econoboxes. They're, uh, they're built for, you know, efficiency at high altitude, long dis- you know, for long distance. They can go fast at, you know, 35,000 feet or 40,000 feet, but you can't go that same speed at sea level. They'd come apart. They'd be like my Honda going around switchbacks. <laughs> Yeah, this in this supposed uh, you know image you see of a of a plane looking thing coming around this this tight turn, 180 degree turn or so. You know, no way it can it's going to come apart for sure. It's not even on the straight. It's it's uh, the tight turn. But you also have um, all sorts of thermals from different color buildings. Different ones have different heat reflections. And if you've ever done any gliding or know about you know like uh, some cornfields, you can get thermals rising up over or ridge lift. Um, so think of uh, the different colors you see in, in city buildings and different shapes. You're going to have all sorts of different thermal gradients. That's going to be hard to fly over. <clears throat> there's, and there's, the evidence is kind of consistent uh, that like the uh, helicopter that was real near the entrance to uh, where supposedly a, a plane looking thing um, entered WTC2, and the, 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 the helicopter didn't get jostled. He said it was like a uh, evil magician's trick. He, saw, he thought it was going to hit the plane. It went right underneath it and into the building and out the other side, as far as he thought. But it, if you run a, an airplane with a wake vortex, it's going to upset that, that uh, helicopter. A helicopter you can't hit handle those kind of really heavy air currents. They don't go out on super windy days. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But I want to ask you, after okay. 19 years, how do you think they deployed that technology that day? Well, they, they said so. In, in uh, 1999 or 2000, I forget which, the Washington Post, uh, I think the name of the article was When Seeing Isn't Believing. And they were talking about in Baghdad uh, projecting an image of Allah over the sky to scare the the, res- the people. And, in other words, they were acknowledging they had that technology. Well, in the 50s, they had it, and they were going to use it with the, in the 60s with Fidel Castro, showing right. a, the, the, a from a submarine, they call it Project Bluebeam. Do you think this, this is connected to Project Bluebeam, you think? Well, I, I know it was, you know, I've, I've concluded in my own mind it was some kind of uh, imagery. It wasn't added on to, you know, in the darkroom to, to the, the film footage. It wasn't superimposed uh, because of, of the, um, the a flight uh, early in the day, you know, at 9 a.m., looking westward, the sun's over your shoulder. It should be reflecting off that surface and back in your camera. 
So at some some place on that object, you should see a shiny spot. It looked like a black whale, like a black hole. And there's other images when you're looking west to east, where the, the sun's kind of in your face. The, the, the what looks like a plane is is not dark; it's light. And so there's things like that that didn't work. And also the um, proportions of of it. Sometimes it looks like a long pencil plane. Sometimes it looks like a, a short stubby plane. Different sizes. It, it was just different at different times. So it seems like it was an imagery thing, but it wasn't associated with the sound. Um, one of my favorite movies is Awakenings. Oh, with Robert De Niro. And, yeah, and Robin Williams. And Robin right. Williams takes his, his patient out to show what he's missed because he's been uh, in a coma for uh, century, decades. And they he's not seen jet airplanes before, so they go to the airport to watch a plane take off. They're standing at the end of the runway, and you know, just like what you or I would do, the plane's coming down the runway. And it's it's just off the ground. You duck, even though it's you know, there's some distance above your head. But and you, you put your hands over your ears, and you, you kind of hit the deck. If you had uh, heard that there was a plane that hit WTC one, and you heard a similar sound when you hit the deck, of course. Nobody hit the deck. Nobody dove. And the only people who saw the planes, what they thought was a plane, was uh, if they happened to be looking up in the sky. So it was an image that that uh, had no sound associated with it. So you think the people who were around the, so the, the cameras that supposedly filmed the so-called planes, they were probably in on it and they had – No, no, no. no. Oh, no. If you want to look at some logic, is uh, it, it, you know some Joe citizen is going to grab a, his camera and run outside with it. You you can't afford to have him taking a picture of no plane, and then the building exploding. Right. So you have you just have some images flying through that he can take a picture of. And if he's looking, you'll see it. But if he didn't didn't look, it, it wasn't like a you know plane overhead this big roar, and it would cause people to look up. There there were no reports of that. Now after the fact, like like. Weeks or months later, people assumed that they heard it, and you know, memory isn't like Memorex. So the, the, they they added the sound post production, is what you're saying? No, and the, and the, no, no, no. It's um, the actual footage. You don't you don't hear planes, but the the people themselves. I'm looking at that evidence. If they heard it, they would have hit the deck. Yeah, but the ones that the one that they're on the pavement and they're looking up. All of a sudden, they look up and they hear, whoop, and the boom. Is it is that video doctored? Uh, I I have not seen that one. Not familiar with that one. There's a a video. I, I I mean an audio I used to play. I don't have access to it right now. Or um, it, it's like what was missing on 9/11, and it's this kamikaze audio clip. Yeah, you know, with the airplane sound, uh -huh. saying from World War II, and and you didn't hear that. And it should have been rip-roaring loud and echo down the canyons. And and nobody talked about that. What did it for me was that image where the plane goes one side and the nose comes out on the other side briefly. That's what did it for me. Yeah, well, what did it for me is that, um, you know, and I, in my classes I used to uh, show Wiley Coyote cartoons to talk about, um, you know, what the failure surface, like uh, – To figure out how to calculate shear stress, the students often have trouble understanding what area to use. And you know, the Wiley Coyote launches himself with a with a bow, go to, and he gets stuck in a cactus. So you can calculate the circumference around the guy's body and how thick the the uh, hole is for the surface area that had to fail. And so, uh, and I, I showed these Wiley Coyote cartoons, like of um, uh, the the coyote. Holds up steel plate and whoosh, this road runner goes through. But what was that? And then he looks at his, his uh, Acme steel plate and sees a silhouette of passage of a road runner. Ah, it must have been a road runner. It, this, what was on the side of the building, it, it was reminiscent of that. Oh, it must have been an airplane. And how much that affects what people think. If you have a, a cookie cutter silhouette of passage on the side of the building that is in the shape of an airplane must be an airplane. Except I looked at it and said, like, you know, how can you have a five inch tall slice through several columns? And have no no parts out in the pavement. It it did make sense, but it it became an emotional thing. That's what where people's emotions got pulled into the story. 
And I, I, I end up just getting away from that topic and just stick, sticking with, you know, real airplanes nor fake airplanes can cause the ability to turn to powder in midair an hour later. I don't mean to mix topics, but we'll do that come part two. But when you I always remember Acme. And oh, lately yeah. with the riots, I don't know if you followed the riots and you saw the Acme Brick Company, one of the largest oh, brick yeah. layers in the United States. They were being placed in cities for the rioters to grab them and use them. But it was the Acme Brick Company. What's your take on people not questioning if you go in front of a bunch of stores and in the early morning or evening, you see a mountain of bricks ready for you to use? Yeah, I'd, I'd heard rumors about that, and it it's, it's surely doesn't uh, sound right that, you know, on the street corners it stacks of bricks, but that's just how the stories go. But I think there's enough uh, evidence since then that shows that these were not organic uh, events. They didn't just arise out of out of something. <clears throat> also, before I forget, did you watch the video of the explosion in Lebanon, the recent one? What is your analysis on that event, if you have any? Uh, I think somebody sent something to me. And um, uh, I, I don't remember. There wasn't anything striking about it that that raised any kind of. Um, uh, you're talking about a, a building takedown that didn't go right. No, no, it's the the one in Lebanon a few weeks ago. It was. Oh, in, I must not have seen that one. Uh, really, it, it it's a, first of all you see an explosion and then another massive, almost looks like a nuclear explosion, and it just wipes out. All the buildings around it. Hmm. You haven't seen that. I have to send it to you. No, huh. no. But if if that's the case, then it and it's not a surgical removal that uh, you know caused it to fall into a different category. If you see something that only a WTC prefix is destroyed, then you start scratching your head. <laughs> yeah, very surgical removal of certain buildings. You know what I like to do? If you don't mind, because it only takes ten seconds. I mean, or thirty seconds to watch the video. Let's take a break. I'll send you a quick link to that video. And when we come back, I'd like to get your analysis because this is something the whole world is questioning. Why that huge explosion? Some people sent me videos of a negative or, you know, contrast that shows a missile coming in, but that could have been done Photoshop as well. Yeah, with, with, with uh, so much stuff, and if you, you aren't like, don't have tons of data and aren't close to it, it's there's a lot of... Uh, uh, agendas at, at play and you don't know if the truth is, is one of those when we come back let me ask you this question because we discussed it uh, I thought it was a great phrase that you gave me why don't we want universal vaccination because we need diversity for the survival right. of the species what if the vaccine causes everyone to become infertile what would happen to the human species? And there was uh, a particular event that did happen in history. And it took uh, 30 years, or over 30 years, to take it off the market because they had to wait till the next generation came to maturity before they realized, uh-oh, there's a problem here. Well, this and many more topics when we come back. It's not only about 9-11, folks. I'm just saying 9-11 on the title because it's Dr. Judy Wood, the one and only Dr. Judy Wood, author of the seminal book, Where the, the Towers Go. But when we come back, I want to discuss COVID-1984. That's what I call it. And uh, what we see now, even also what you think might happen during the November 3rd um, election. Can, can I add one more thing here? Yes. Um, uh, there's been this uh, Holsey report that uh, the truthers like to talk about, and uh, where they had this uh, this professor from the University of Alaska to uh, have his... They paid for the. You pay for. You get what you pay for. And Richard Gage's folks paid uh, enough money to support a couple of graduate students to make models of. Again, what do we have in common with uh, 9/11 and, and the Spires thing? They rely on models. <laughs> um, but uh, at the conclusion of his report, let me point this out. It is our conclusion, based upon these findings, that the collapse of WTC7 was a global failure involving the near simultaneous failure of all columns in the building and not a progressive collapse involving the sequential failure of columns throughout the building. And, and to quote, what does that say? The building mostly uh, turned to dust, didn't, didn't slam to the ground, didn't fall down in chunks. And that is not a controlled demolition. 
A controlled demolition, they, they, you make cuts here, there, there, and there. They don't uh, suddenly blow up every column everywhere. All columns, you know, near simultaneous failure of all columns in the building. That's, uh, you know, instantaneous justification. And as you say, that's probably free energy technology that hopefully one day we'll see. Well, the technology that can be used for free energy. That's, that's why I call it that, because... You know, you don't have to use it for evil. You can use it for uh, something good, like free energy. Oh, when we come back, because I know a lot of people okay. ask me. When we come back, also, I wanted to ask you, and you'll give me the answer on the other side. So don't tell okay. me where you stand, yay or nay, on this. But the Paradise Valley, the Paradise Valley, Paradise, California, uh, fire. Uh, a lot of people have been writing me for the last couple of years, asking me what that was all about, because they saw the neighborhoods completely flattened. Uh, plastic, you know, trash receptacles standing, uh, trees standing, and you and I had a conversation over 10 years ago, and I'll tell you folks what she said when we come back. There might be a correlation here, but how can people buy the book? I'll learn more about your work, Dr. Wood. Uh, you can go to Amazon and look for Where Did the Towers Go? Or uh, my website selling it. It's, just, it's called Where Did the Towers Go? Dot com. You know, all one word. Where did the towers go? Dot com. Either place, either uh, um, Amazon or the website. Excellent. Well, friends, don't go anywhere. I'm here with Dr. Judy Wood. It's, After- it's a question uh, people weren't weren't asking, and we're we're diverted away from asking. You should ask, where did it go? Where did they go? Exactly. Well, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Dr. Judy Wood. This is Mel Hustlerick, and you are listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store, for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe, to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas, because you don't want to believe, you want to know.